The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We face a disintegrating economy, a weakened defense, and an energy policy based on the sharing of scarcity. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Now, here's your host, Dan Celia. Good morning. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. I trust everyone had a great weekend, a relaxing weekend. We're going to get right to it here. We've got a little bit of economic news coming out this week. Not a whole lot, but we will get to phones. Uh, if you've got your question on YouTube, of course, you can listen, watch on YouTube and uh, put your question up there. We would love uh, for you to do that. So you can do that as well. Anyway, um, not a lot of economic data, but some fairly important economic data. One thing that um, I want to point out, yesterday, uh, Friday, all the markets closed. We had a very good week last week in the markets. We're having an unbelievable earnings season. We're having a phenomenal earnings season. And listen, I just want to point that out to you because it's very, very important to note that we are having, and when we have a good earnings uh, uh, period like this, one thing that we're not hearing much about that has to be talked about is the idea that if we continue to have good earnings, then valuations are actually going to get better. They're going to get a little bit more in line without the correction, but valuations will start getting more in line. I'm just saying. So um, anyway, we'll have to... uh, We'll have to see what's going on there. Um, Carlton, I just want to point out to you that uh, our YouTube is running uh, Friday's program. So I don't know if that's on our end or that's something that that didn't happen there. You can take a look at that. Anyway, um, we will, uh, or maybe it's me. Maybe I didn't pick it up uh, live. So I'll take a look at that. Anyway, one of the things that's very important is valuation. So when we see these valuations being like they are, that's generally a very good sign, right? So when that happens, that should be a good thing when that happens because now valuations, instead of being stocks being overvalued, they're beginning to get a little bit more in line. They're still overvalued. Make no mistake about it. Uh, they are definitely overvalued, but nonetheless, um, maybe that's something that, that uh, we'll, we'll see um, get, get better. And, and remember what I wanted to, the point I wanted to make was I got a little um, off track there. But one of the things that I wanted to point out was, do you understand that if we get tax reform, and it certainly looks like they're they're moving on to tax reform, that's what it looks like anyway. So if that is the case, if they're moving on to tax reform, then we've got to assume that if they're doing that, that um, we are going to see even better valuations. Right. And if that happens, it's going to be a very, very good thing on top of quarterly uh, earnings that are getting better. So anyway, 
something that we want to look for. And, of course, we could be having a correction without having a formal correction, so to speak. Let's just talk a little bit about what's coming out tomorrow. We get NFIB. NFIB, uh, one of my favorite numbers, it's going to be a look at small business index. Small business, of course, being the largest uh, employers in the country, and it's a very uh, good number and a very good gauge of the confidence of small business. Now, you got to believe, I don't know what the, the um, you know, if there is some lag time, which I'm sure there is. So this is not going to include uh, the confidence that is going to come out as a result of the the uh, health care bill getting through the House of Representatives. Yes, it still has to get through the Senate. And yes, there's going to be some changes. But just the idea that we're seeing a legislative process uh, on health care move along, that's going to be good news for small businesses. Small businesses are going to appreciate that a great deal. That is a huge burden if, if we change some of the rules and regulations that have hindered small businesses. I don't know whether that was an intentional part of the the uh, uh, Obamacare or not, but nonetheless, if we start removing some of that, that's going to be yet another shot in the arm for small businesses. So we'll see uh, business confidence come out. This is for the month of April. So obviously this month, assuming that things move along in the Senate, that this month could be a very big month Uh, So when we get the next report for confidence in businesses, we get import prices. Last month, import prices were down two tenths of 1%. Now, it's not a trend. It's not a big deal. It is one month. But remember, we had a trend of four or five months and more where I was talking about uh, uh, us importing deflation into America. That's not a good thing, but uh, was down two tenths of 1%. We'll see where it is uh, this uh, on Wednesday when we get import prices uh, coming out. We get weekly, weekly jobless, jobless claims, as we always do on Thursday. Producer price index coming out for the month of April on Thursday. And then, of course, Friday we'll get consumer price indexes. Speaking of inflation, that'll give us some indication. Produ- producer price index and consumer prices are expected to be up about two-tenths of 1%. So we'll see. If consumer prices are up two-tenths, that's going to be a half of 1% swing because it was down three-tenths last look. That's a pretty significant swing. So uh, we'll get a look at that. We'll see how that's going to shake out. We get retail sales numbers. Retail sales numbers are expected to be up six-tenths of 1%. Over a half a percent. That is an eight-tenths, almost a one-percent swing because they were negative two-tenths last look. That would be a significant move in retail sales. We'll see how it goes. So uh, consumer sentiment's coming out Friday as well, along with retail sales. So we'll watch that. Uh, Tyson getting beat up. Tyson shares down 2% right now in pre-market trading. And I just want to point out that Tyson has gotten beaten up ever since they went on our sell list. I'm not saying there's a connection there, but um, it, it sure is odd uh, when as they decided to get away from their very, very, very long-standing, biblically responsive uh, stance 
uh, in the management of their company. When they went away from that, we have seen this happen. We've seen the same thing happen um, with some others. Exxon Mobil's been getting clobbered, even um, worse than some of the other oil companies uh, since they went on my off my list about the same time Tyson did. So anyway, interesting. But Tyson, if you still own it, you shouldn't. You should have been. You should have sold it. If you sold it when uh, I put it on the sell list and asked everybody to sell it, you did very well. If you didn't, you've suffered through some pretty significant downturn since then. Um, so you may be ending up bailing at a loss if you procrastinated and didn't sell that. But anyway, gold prices. Uh, have been getting beat up, as you know. As a matter of fact, last week, we saw the worst loss of the year. It's expected to bounce back a little bit. The dollar is uh, kind of stabilizing here, down a little bit in some markets. But, you know, gold has been reacting to a stronger dollar for the last month. Uh, so we'll see. Gold is up right now. Uh, so we'll see if that can continue breaking this largest l losing streak that we've seen in a very long time. I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple other stocks uh, before we get started, just to give you some idea of some of the things that have happened, uh, I think are important for you to note with uh, two stocks that were on my my list. So um, we'll go through that as well. I want to welcome once again, all of you in uh, those 24 stations that started with us. We've been on the air there uh, for one week now since last Monday. And uh, that would be in the Panhandle of Texas, some Oklahoma and New Mexico stations, 24 new stations, FM stations. So we welcome all of you. Thank you for joining us. I uh, hope you're starting. I hope you've been listening every day or listen as often as you can. You'll start to get the hang of the program and how we work. So um, good stuff. God continues to bless the ministry. We're grateful for that. 866-300-9298. You get the soil ready. You put the seeds in and then you water it. How do you plant a garden? I don't know. You pray that God will give you a good harvest. Then you have to work it to get all the weeds away. And then God brings the plants. Planting a garden takes planning, hard work, and God's blessing. So does creating a lasting legacy for the people and charities that mean the most to you. The AFA Foundation is here to help you sow the financial seeds God has blessed you with in order for them to blossom for generations to come. We do this by offering free consultation and assistance in the areas of charitable gift annuities, estate planning, will and trust planning, and bequests. To learn more, call 800-326-4543, extension 345, 800 326 4543 extension 345 or visit afafoundation.net Then Jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations As believers we're called to make disciples of all nations This is Bert Harper join me for exploring missions revealing the hearts of missionaries their stories and lives across the world or across town. Exploring Missions, Sunday afternoons at 1 Central on American Family Radio. Hi, this is Dan Celia. I sure would appreciate it if you would consider partnering with me. 
in the Ministry of Financial Issues. You'll have access to my stock picks that come out every Monday, along with my commentary. You'll get access to our conference call that I do with our partners once a month, our alert system that I send out as often as necessary, and many other strategies on the website. Go to financialissues.org. That's financialissues.org. Welcome back. Financial Issues, 866-392-98. If you want to cue your call up, you're welcome to do that. There was two companies that I wanted to talk about, and that's Logitech and um, um, another company called um, Oshkosh. They are not Blue Jeans Company. It was a machine company that is involved in defense work. And I wanted to point those out because... A couple of years ago, they were on my buy list. They haven't been on my buy list in a while. And people called and called over that first year. And we're seeing that with some other stocks that, are hap- that are, were on my buy list over the last few weeks. Saying, oh, what should I do? What should I do? Should I get out? Should I get out? Get out? I suspect a lot of people got out, even though I urged them not to. So I'm going through those st- uh, my, my list, and I was checking out those stocks um, one of them's up 127% since it's been on my buy list. The other one's up about 30%, 25%, give or take, since it's been on my buy list. I only bring that out, and, there, and it's important to note that, you know, folks, it really is hard when you buy a stock four weeks ago and you're calm because it's been going down since you've owned it. You've owned it for four weeks. Um, and you know all my analytical work could care less about what it's doing in four weeks, for that matter, four years. I am looking at eight to 10-year time horizon, and you've got to be patient. And so I point that out because they were stocks that just have gotten clobbered over the years, couple years they've been on my list. But... You know, right now, compared to when they were first put on my list, they're up dramatically. Of course, I never get any calls about them anymore, but I hope nobody sold out. Um, Listen, they're all not like that. I've made some mistakes, obviously, or I don't think I've made some mistakes. I've made some calls that I've had to make about certain stocks that maybe didn't work out. Uh, but I, uh, but so you get some good and you get some bad. I, and my goal is that there's more good than there are bad. And I think that's usually been the case. So it's very important that, you know, when you're going to call me about uh, stocks that are put in, on my buy list. And I found this interesting. From a mutual fund perspective, there's probably, I don't know, I'm going to say 12, 13 mutual funds on my buy list. Not one of them, uh, there was one, I'm sorry, there was one, down slightly. Every single one is up considerably since it's been on my buy list. And some of them have been on my buy list for over a year. So um, it has just been a blessing and amazing. So we need to be patient. Uh, If you partner with the ministry, remember it's eight to ten years uh, and that's that's what we look at. So keep that in mind. Let me just take a quick. I got a couple questions here uh, on YouTube. Uh, one's from Walter. Caterpillar water is not biblically responsible, unfortunately. Uh, 
One of my favorite companies, been on my list for 30 years. Uh, you may remember me talking about, it, but I took them off my list, sent out a sell order. I guess it's been about it. I guess it's been over a year now, probably two years, um, at least two years. Uh, would love to see them back on, but they're not budging. Uh, I've talked with them periodically. The other one, uh, the Marine company that you're talking about, the producer, uh, they are biblically responsible, by the way. So one is, one isn't. And unfortunately, Caterpillar is not. So um, sad to say. Anyway, um, somebody's asked me, uh, they have 27000 in debt, two cars, two credit cards, uh, two small loans, and have 30000 in home equity. We would like to make, to, uh, we would like to make six payments into one with a lower interest rate. What is the best way to do that? So, first of all, if you're thinking about rolling over and getting a home equity loan to pay off some of that debt, first of all, I would worry about two things, Crystal. One would be that I don't want you to lose time on your mortgage. Um, so if you can do that, let's say you only have 20 years left to pay on your mortgage. I would like you to get a 20-year mortgage if you're going to refinance uh, to be able to pay off some of that debt. And I think that would be, you know, I don't want you to lose time and start over again with 30 years. That's number one. Secondly, I wouldn't put the two cars into car loans into the mortgage. I would not do that. I would hang in there and keep those out of that. If you're going to put the credit card debt and the two small loans in there, that's fine. But you've got to be extremely disciplined and sold out committed that you're not going to do that again and run up that debt. And if there's a possibility that you can, I, I, you know, I would, I would be concerned about that. So it is a great way to help if you can do it on your own, particularly through a local bank where you're not paying a lot of fees to do it. Don't do the car loans uh, because the car loans are going to be paid off anyway in four years, three years, whatever it might be left. And uh, I would just stick to that and keep plugging away at that. So, uh, and then once they're paid off, keep them. Uh, my problem is if you pay off those car loans, uh, one problem is you're going to be um, more apt to get a new car uh, before you might normally have it paid off. That's a problem. I don't want you to do that. Not to mention uh, you've got to pay these cars off uh, in, in the time due and then keep them for a while because it's the only way you're ever really going to get ahead on that front. So that's that's what I would suggest um, that, that you do. Uh, somebody's asked me about a biblically responsible home and car insurance company. You know what? I am not certain about that. I can tell you all the big ones are not, but... Um, there's probably a couple. My immediate thought is Ohio Casualty. They used to be biblically responsible. I haven't checked them out in a while. Great company. I used to use them. I don't use them anymore. But great company. Uh, and they may be biblically responsible. Most of the big ones are not. Uh, let me go to uh, the phones. 866-300-9298. 866-300-9298. Let me go to Richard. Richard Corn is from Virginia. Hey, Richard. Richard? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Um, 
I'm uh, 70 years old. I'll be 70 and a half in October. Start doing the required minimum distribution uh, next year. Mm-hmm. And I'm moving the funds from TSP because I was a federal employee until just last year. Uh, I'm going to move them over to Timothy. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering if you could give me a recommendation on which of the 11 Timothy plans would be best to put the money here, realizing that I'm going to start withdrawing something next year. Are you going to with are you, are you going to be withdrawing anything over and above your minimum required distribution? Do you think? I don't think so. Okay. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that you probably um, one of the things you might want to consider is if you want to just do one fund and keep it simple, you could do their strategic growth fund. It's a little bit more aggressive than their conservative growth, but their strategic growth is a fund of funds, so it includes all of their funds or a lot of their funds, and um, it's kind of a self-diversifying way to take advantage of their funds but uh, get a little bit of growth. They do the same thing on a more conservative scale with a conservative growth that does uh, something very similar, but I think that if you did it with the strategic growth, and you keep some money in the money market account so that over the next two years, not counting the one you're ready to do, but the next couple of years, that you have some cash set aside so you don't have to sell any of the positions out to get your minimum required distribution. I think that would make very good sense. The other thing you could do if you didn't want to do that and you wanted to be just a little bit more aggressive, you could put about 60% of it into or 50% of it, I'd say, into their fixed income fund and then diversify maybe 10% into their Israel fund um, and 5% in their small cap and then put the rest in their large mid cap value fund. And that would be a little bit more aggressive and generate uh, a little bit of income. And that might be a, um, uh, another way to go. So that's what I would suggest for you. I think that probably worked out pretty well from, for you. Thank you very much, Dan. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks, uh, Richard. I appreciate the call. 866-300-9298. 866-300-9298. Let me go to Pat. Pat's calling us from Louisiana. Hey, Pat. Dan, how you doing this morning, son? I'm good, thanks. Love your program. Thank you. I've got a question for you. I've got uh, $200,000 annuities. I've been in them three years. They're fixed annuities. I got them through Fidelity, but they're with uh, the insurance company, a little short name. Mm. Just got bought out. AIG? Anyway. Um, um, No. mm. uh, uh, Met? Met Life? Could be Met. Yep, could be Met. They use Met Life. I think think it's Met Life. What do you think? Uh, You know, the the gentleman that I talked to, I said, well, what's the chance of losing? Well, he said, you could lose a little money on them, but he said, uh, hopefully, you won't lose anything. And that's part of my retirement. That's 12000 a year coming in. I'm retired. Mm -hmm. And I was just asking, I wanted to ask you what you thought about, you know, losing $7,000 in three years on $200,000 annuities. Are you de- are you drawing income from it every month, Pat? Uh, or once a year? Every quarter. Every, uh, every, every quarter. quarter. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 
I'd be a little concerned about that. I mean, I, I certainly, I would, you know, you've got a surrender charge to get out of those um, that's going to cost you some money. And I don't know that I'd want you to do that, but I would want you to look at it um, in June and see what you've done for the first six months of this year. And if you're down for the first six months of this year, when we've had a very good, now unless something dramatically happens this month, but if you're down dramatically now, or at the end of June even, the first six months, then I would be concerned and I would consider getting out. I mean, obviously, the markets haven't been that good over the last couple of years, so you know, I don't want to say I expect uh, a downturn, but uh, certainly it makes a little bit of sense that you might have some losses. But if you have it again in the first, again, the first six months of this year, with the markets doing so well, um, boy, then I think I'd have to rethink it. So I'd wait, I'd hang in there a little bit longer, Pat, and, uh, you know, see what happens when you get your statement at the end of June for the end of the second quarter that'll, that'll tell you where you are for the year and see see how that looks. And um, I'd go from there and make a decision. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dan Celia for Financial Issues. You know, we live in some volatile times, and one of the things that we should be concerned about is are the investments that I'm in honoring the Lord? Well, I try to do the best I can to make sure that the stocks and mutual funds on my list are the best out there, not only from a financial and fundamental standpoint, but that they wouldn't be displeasing to God. Would you consider being a partner with me at Financial Issues? For $85 a year, you're not only going to get my stock picks that I update every week, every Monday, and my economic commentary every Monday, along with an alert system and my asset allocation models that change as the economy changes so that you can do a great job reviewing and maybe actively managing your portfolios. Financialissues.org to partner with me in the ministry. How would you describe your health care? If you're like most Americans these days, the word affordable isn't top of mind. Well, here's some good news. There's actually a trusted health care option that is affordable. It's called MediShare. Unlike insurance, MediShare is Christian Healthcare Sharing, a community of more than 200,000 believers across America who share each other's medical expenses. It's about half the cost of insurance, and it's fully acceptable under the law. And here's the best part. Because MediShare is based on biblical principles, you never pay for things that go against your beliefs. MediShare is affordable health care for Christians. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. For your free information guide, call 855-PSALM-23. Now available in Montana. MediShare, affordable biblical health care. Call 855-PSALM-23. That's 855-PSALM-23. There are three C's in every teenager's home. Change, conflict, and chaos. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. After living with teens and working with their families for four decades, I'm well acquainted with those three C's. But let me say this, one of them is avoidable. When kids grow up, change is necessary. 
Mom and dad must flex in order to keep connecting with and training their kids. Then in every family, there'll be conflict. Sometimes it comes because a teenager is changing. Sometimes it comes simply because we're human. But chaos, that's the seed that doesn't have to rule your home. Change is scary and conflict is even worse. But running from change and conflict will only lead to chaos. Find more parenting help from Mark Gregston when you go online to parentingtodaysteens.org. Welcome back. Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia, 866-300-9298. 866-300-9298. There are phone lines. If you want to queue your call, you're welcome to do that. As we look at the markets, by the way, the markets are all in. Um, the the markets, by the way, closed uh, Friday. I think I might have mentioned it. Markets uh, closed all, uh, in positive territory. Everything's positive right now, but not even enough to talk about. For all practical purposes, that they're flat. Uh, really, I, I think it's safe to say there hasn't been any movement. I mean, it's green. Everything's leaning green. So that's good, but uh, not a lot of movement either way. And we're going to get a look at commodities here at the top of the hour. As soon as we get back from the from the uh, top of the hour break, we'll get a look at commodities and see see where we are. Uh, oil has gotten gotten clobbered, and uh, oil stocks have gotten clobbered. So I don't I don't see any change in that. Frankly, uh, there's some talk that there's going to be change. I disagree with most of what is happening in and around the. Or, no, no, no. I disagree with what is being said about uh, uh, oil be, be coming in coming into balance. Uh, I think we're a long way off uh, from coming into balance, so uh, I don't think we're going to see anything uh, like that, any kind of oil coming into balance anytime soon. Best case scenario, I said this January first. I say it again. Middle best case is middle of fourth quarter, um, but maybe as long as a middle first quarter next year. Uh, and that's almost regardless of what happens in the short term in the economy. Obviously, in the long term of the economy, is going to be very good for uh, oil should uh, start to place some demand on the abundance of supply that we have. So we'll have to watch that. Anyway, let me go to Brent. Brent's calling us from Colorado. Hey, Brent. How are you doing this morning, sir? God good. You. Thank you. Um, I have a question for you. Uh, I just recently had a, last March, I had a five bypass open heart surgery. And then just recently here in uh, February, I got taken out of my job. Uh, My doctor recommended that I should not work anymore. However, I had a little small investment money in an account with work in my retirement. And uh, I've been hearing that I could file what they call a medical hardship claim to be able to take that money out and use it to help me get, pay off some of my debt. But uh, I didn't know how to go about doing filing that hardship claim. It's a medical hardship claim. Uh, uh-huh. All of a sudden, I was able to work, and now I'm not anymore. Sure. I don't know what to do. Are you under? Are you under fifty nine and a half? Uh, yes, unfortunately, yeah. I'm fifty six. Okay, so every um, you know, de- depending on the pension plan, that's established by the administrators of the pension. So it's there isn't a set form. You need to talk to human resources um, to get you in touch with 
the right forms or the third-party administrator for the company. All, all plans have a third-party administrator, and they would be the ones that would process that um, that hardship withdrawal for you. So uh, you need to contact them, and they should be able to put you in contact with the right person or have the third-party administrator send you the form that you need to get that. It shouldn't take it long to get. It's not going to be a big deal. It's not going to go through some sort of uh, um, long, drawn-out approval process that's not going to get approved. That's very unlikely that any of that's going to happen, so that's not going to happen. So it's just a matter of going through this process, though, of, of filing the forms because they're under... Um, restriction with the IRS. They have to do it exactly the way they told the IRS they were going to do it when they set the plan up. So they've got to keep with those rules, but it shouldn't be a big deal. But that's where you're going to have to get the help from um, Brett, and they'll, they'll be able to point you in the right direction. Okay. Yeah, I talked to the Denver Employee Retirement Program, which is called DERP, and they told me that when I make a withdrawal that they automatically have to take 20% for the federal government. But then what about, uh, I'd ask them, what about rolling it over into a Tia Cref, which is a retirement company that they go through, to roll it over? And they said, yeah, every time you make a withdrawal, it's going to be 20%. And then after that, I would have to take care of the state tax myself. But I was just wondering how I go about being able to withdraw the state tax, I mean, the, the amount without having to pay that state tax. Can't do it. Oh, I don't know about the state. I don't know about the state of, of Colorado, because every state's different. But uh, some states don't even require tax, so I'm not even sure about the state of Colorado. The hardship only gets you away from the uh, temp, from the ten percent penalty from the being under fifty nine and a half. So, um, but yeah, now rollover though. You said rolling it over to your TIAA that shouldn't cost you any money to roll it over to that. You can do that. I'm not sure what they're talking about there. So if you're rolling your your pension over to a traditional uh, uh, IRA at TIAA, then there's no there's that's not a taxable event. The only way that money gets taxed is if you then withdraw it from the plan. If it's a if it's a distribution. And if it's a hardship distribution, you don't have to pay the 10% penalty. You still got to pay the tax. And again, I'm not sure about the state, what the state of Colorado requires, but um, I'm not sure what they mean. Now, I'm I'm surprised that they set their plan up so that they have to withhold 10 or 20%. Um, You know, that seems, you know, excessive, but... um, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if you can talk to them about that. But, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's not their, I mean, you know, they're at the mercy of the way they set the plan up. And I, it's not uh, anything, they're not trying to uh, be hard-nosed about the money. They have no advantage or disadvantage to the money being there or not being there. It's irrelevant to them. So, it's really uh, not, they're not trying to keep the money or anything like that. It's just that uh, they're bound by the those uh, IRS ro- rules that they wrote into their plan when they did the plan. Oh, okay. 
Oh, yeah, that's exactly what they told me, that uh, they're by, by federal government rules, they have to withhold the 20%, yeah. and then I would have to pay that 10% penalty. That's why I was thinking about rolling it over into a TIA, a TIAA, and then just, uh, uh, you know, whatever I need to take out, I would use and just, you know, pay the 20% every time I take it out, because yeah. that's a federal government. Yeah, the, the, the 10% penalty should not apply if it's a hardship. So you shouldn't have to pay the 10% penalty if it's a medical hardship. So you would okay. have to pay the tax, but you shouldn't have to pay the 10% penalty. Okay. All right. I'll get with them when I uh, talk to them at yeah. the end of June because they also pay me 3% uh, you know, for every quarter that I uh, put into it. And then it just rolls over. That 3% keeps rolling over. And in June, though, it switches to 1%. And she said that'd be a better time for you to take it out. Sure. So I said, oh, all right. Okay. All right. Great. Well, that I hope that helps you a little bit. Thanks, Brent. I appreciate the call. Wish you all the best. Uh, let me go to uh, Joanne from Delaware. Hey, Joanne. Hi, Dan. Um, I have a question. My husband is um, considering retirement, and um, his 401k and pension are approximately around 400000 okay. Um And we just recently um, acquired a little bit of money uh, through a family, um, a gift. And uh -huh. my question is, is um, he had a heart attack just in February. I went through cancer last year, and um, so we, our medical bills are caught up. We own our home. We own our cars. Um, and what is your advice? Uh, to a newbie who knows nothing about any of this. I love your show. You're, you're brilliant. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, I would love to know all these things. What would you say to someone who knows nothing about it and this is where we are right now? So I, if, I would suspect that you are going to use this money to uh, draw on for supplementing your income um, every, every year. Yes. Okay. So what I'm, I mean, the ideal situation, uh, really, Joanne, is that you get that money in an account that's um, producing, that all of the money is producing income. So there are a couple of different ways that you set up an account. So you can set it up so that it's all for growth, so that, that you're not drawing from it. You just want it to grow. And we always want our money to grow, but I'm saying you're not drawing any money out of it so you can be fairly aggressive. Then there's a growth in income where you get a little bit of growth and a little bit of income. And then there's an income portfolio that you can establish so that the investments that you have are producing income. And it's that income that you are drawing. And hopefully the goal is that you're producing a little more income than you actually need. Or even if you're producing the same, the income that you do need, then hopefully there will be some growth. And there usually is even in a gro uh, income portfolio that there's going to be growth in the portfolio over and above the income that it's producing. So the, the key, it's not difficult to do unless you're looking at this pot of money and you say, well, we need, I'm making up a number here. We need a 9% a 
a year off of that money to live, to supplement our income. That could be a little bit uh, a tougher situation, and you're going to be forced to be a little bit more aggressive than maybe you'd like to be. If it is 5%, 4 or 5%, then there shouldn't be any issue developing that income portfolio. And the kinds of things that you want to put in there are key. And I, and I want to give you some things to be cautious about uh, as you enter into this. We're coming up on a break. But as soon as I get back, I'll, I'll kind of uh, go through some things to avoid and some things to try to uh, uh, work towards. So we'll be right back. So hang in there. Thanks, Joanne. We'll be right back after this. AFA Action Alerts. When you subscribe, we'll notify you once or twice a week about a critical issue facing our country. AFA Action Alerts have been very successful in influencing legislation, as well as getting positive results from America's Fortune 500 companies. Subscribe to your AFA Action Alerts today. Together, we are making a difference. Go to AFA.net and click on the Resources tab. Consider serving with Friendships. It's an all-volunteer ministry providing aid to disaster victims, refugees, and the impoverished here at home and around the world. We're now taking applications. If you're available to serve without pay, you can be part of the crew reaching out to help people in need. Check it out at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. Back in 07, my father passed away. My mother had passed away seven years earlier, and they left me a small inheritance, and I wanted to give back to AFA for all they have done for me. Carol talks about her experience with the AFA Foundation. I am an avid listener to AFR, 12 hours a day, and I hear Dan Celia talking about the charitable gift annuity. I liked what the... Uh, gift annuity offered, donated a certain amount, and from that, I get a check every month, which is retirement income for me. If you'd like to support the work of the AFA and receive a fixed income for life, a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation may just be what you're looking for. Learn more by contacting the Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. Welcome back. Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia, 866-392-98. I was talking to uh, Joanne from Delaware. Uh, Joanne asking me about uh, her retirement plan. So, Joanne, one of the things that it would look like is you want to have, you'd have some utility stocks. Um, there are stocks that aren't going to necessarily... I mean, they're going to grow. They're going to plug along and get a little bit of growth. But you have opportunity to to maybe generate somewhere between four and a half to, you know, or three and a half to five percent, somewhere in that range. And uh, preferred stocks, again, somewhere in the range of five percent. So some of those um, and maybe some bonds and maybe a fixed income fund like a Timothy fixed income fund or something like that. So you want to generate this portfolio that is producing income on an annual basis. 
my biggest concern is the thing I would be nervous about. I can guarantee you, if you haven't done this already, and if you have, you can verify it. But I, I would guarantee if you go somewhere uh, to someone and say, you know, I've got this this money and I want to do this, um, 98% of the time, wherever you go, they're going to recommend that some of that money be in an annuity, in an assurance annuity. And um, I'm, I'm not for that. I would rather see it in a good, solid investment portfolio that is made up of good, solid companies and positions. And it could be difficult to find someone to help you do that. And obviously, you know, you've, you've, uh, you're in Delaware. I assume you watch the program. Um, you've watched the program long enough to know that, you know, my, my heart for you would be that you'd be biblically responsible and honor God with all that money. And you have an opportunity to do that. So I'd want you to be thinking about that as well. So, uh, it's really difficult, um, to find somebody that's willing to do that. That's the downside. Uh, the upside is, um, and I don't, you might want to consider, and I don't know where you are in the process, whether this, this is something that you've got to get to work very, very quickly to generate, to begin generating this income. But if it isn't, I would suggest that you take a little bit of it, a small portion of it, and roll it over into an IRA account that you are able to do on your own a little bit and, and become familiar and, and go through the process or take a little bit of it and roll it over into a, a Timothy Mutual Fund company. Now, I don't know that I would recommend that as much as doing it in a brokerage because I want income to be generated. So I'm not saying that you might not want to have one or two Timothy mutual funds inside the portfolio, but when it becomes critical for you to generate income on a regular basis, it's harder to do within those mutual funds. So I'd want you to be able to have some municipal bonds some individual bonds, individual municipal bonds, some individual bonds, other bonds, corporate bonds, and some of these utilities, preferred stocks, and even some big company stocks that are paying very good dividends. And I think if you do that, I think you're going to be in really good shape. I mean, unless you've got a very expensive lifestyle, you should be in really good shape and easy to do this. The other thing that you might want to consider is another piece of this being in a charitable gift annuity that is going to be your foundational piece. And what I mean by that is that is income that's never going to fail for as long as you live, no matter what happens, because it's not going to be dependent upon uh, the markets for the revenue stream that, that you're generating for yourself. So I think that would be good if you can do that as well. So, um, and that's just a small piece of it. So, um, I, I think where's the money now? Is it still in the company 401k? Actually, yes, it's still, uh, we're just, like I said, newbies, we're just starting out with this. We have six months to, um, make some decisions. Um, we have, uh, already uh, taken care of, of tithing with the church um, because we are Christians and we prefer to uh, 
the charitable Nui thing sounds really good also. I've been writing as fast as you're speaking. Um, so I appreciate, you know, everything you're saying. I've got it all in front of me, and now we know when we go, we're going to the bank to uh, discuss some of these things, and I'll know what not to uh you know, to say no to and what to say yes to a lot more so now. And I appreciate yeah. your time and the, the banks, advice. The bank's going to push you into a, a insurance product. So I would try to avoid that. I can guarantee you that or some mutual funds, uh, other kinds of mutual funds. You really need a, uh, a some, a, a bank or a person or an individual firm that is willing to do individual kinds of position stocks. And I think that's, what's going to serve you the best. But um, if you have questions, give me a call. Thank you, Joanne. I sure appreciate you calling. Let me go to Karen in Texas. Hey, Karen. Hi. Hi Good morning. Dan. Good morning. Good morning. What's My your qu- question for okay. you is about my 401k plan. I am 60 years old and maybe a little late at looking at the whole picture. Um, but I was wondering um, if I can take part of what's in my 401k and put it like I've been listening to you for a while into mm-hmm. a Timothy IRA or, or just so I don't lose part of what... Um, I've accumulated. Are you still working for the company? I am, and I plan to until they let me go, which would probably be another um, five or six years. Now, and do you contribute still? I do. I okay. do contribute. Good, good, good. That all sounds and, good. Uh, they uh, can, they, they um, are, are 4% is what they give. Oh, great. So here's the thing, Karen. That question is more for um, your human resources because a lot of times some companies will not let you roll any portion of it out until you separate from service, until you retire. Now, some companies, and I would say this would be the majority, will allow you to roll some out um, after you're 59 and a half to your own IRA. And then some companies, as long as you're contributing, won't let you move any money. So you need to ask them whether um, they, they would be willing to do that. And if they are, then of course uh, you can open an account somewhere and roll it out. But I want to caution you because even the things that I talk about on a regular basis, that are um, uh, great, you know, great investments, I hope, and biblically responsible, there's still going to be risk because all of them, everything that that I uh, suggest, with the exception of the charitable gift annuity, is going to be subject to market volatility. And now, you know, whether, depending on how conservative you are in that plan is going to be, de- and, and risky you are, is going to be dependent on, you know, um, uh, if, you, if it goes down or how much it goes down if things were to get bad in the economy or in the market. So 
I first thing you need to do, Karen, is check with human resources, see what they say. Can you roll, say you have $50,000 and you want to roll $10,000 of it out, um, check with them and see if they're going to allow you to do that. And then if they do, then you you can certainly set an account up anywhere you want. And, and even if you want to really keep it safe, you could set it up at the bank, at your bank or credit union, and put it into a you know CD, put some money in some CDs so that you know uh, that would be another way of securing it so that it wouldn't go down during some volatile times. Okay. All right. Um, if it says you, it says you can request a distribution from the plan of your vested interest in the plan upon attainment of age fifty nine and a half, even if you continue to work. So a distribution might be different than rolling money over and out of the plan. Okay, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the dis the the uh, distribution may be an actual kind of a withdrawal. Uh, out of the plan, which you would have to pay tax on, but um, you wouldn't have to pay the penalty because you're over 59 and a half, but you, you still would have to pay tax on any distribution. So depends on what they consider a distribution, but usually if it says distribution, they're talking about a actual just withdraw some money um, so that you can put it in a savings account or spend it or whatever you need to do with it. But you feel like that I should just really leave it there? Well, I feel like, yeah, I think you want what you want to have, Karen, is a good diversified plan and not be overly aggressive. You know, have some fixed income kinds of things that that are going to preserve, help preserve your principal. You don't want to be overly aggressive because you're only five years away, maybe from from actually using this money and, and retiring. So. You want to be conservative, but if you keep it there, I like the idea of having a more money in there because then everything else is compounding on top of that. And so you're compounding a bigger number, and that's always a good thing uh, for you. So just don't be overly aggressive, you know, with a lot of, you don't want too much stock. You want a little bit, maybe more bonds. If they have a stable value fund, you want to have some money in their stable value fund. If they have that or a guaranteed interest account or things like that. So I would probably, uh, try to stay there. That would be my first option and continue to contribute. Thanks, Karen. Folks, I sure appreciate you being with us here for this first hour. We'll be back at the top of the hour. I'm going to go through some commodities when we get back and talk about a little bit about what uh, where we are right now in the market. Uh, thanks for being with us. S stick with us. We'll be back. Dan Celian. I want to be a nation that is on the biblical principles and the values and the ethics that are found in Scripture. For personal economy. Financial issues that you need to know. Aligning reality with truth. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Now, here's your host, Dan Celia. 
Welcome back. Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. 866 392 Some of the things that we're looking at is gold. Of course, gold is uh, looking like it's going to bounce back this week after the worst week in a year. So we'll see what happens. The dollar is weakening slightly. Not uh, in any kind of dramatic fashion, but it is weakening slightly. So gold has been suffering from this five-week run on the dollar, where the dollar just continues to get a little bit stronger. Of course, the dollar is not going to weaken too much because we've got the Federal Reserve that is still very committed to at least two more interest rate hikes, which would be fulfilling their three interest rate hikes for the year. So they're still talking about that. Uh, and, And it doesn't look like they're moving off of that notion, nor should they move off of that notion. So I think we can expect uh, two more rate hikes. So that obviously when they raise interest rates, that that strengthens the dollar. So I really can't imagine that we're going to see gold, uh, you know, kind of get much above where it is. Uh, Goldman Sachs on Friday called for gold to to uh, end the year at twelve hundred. So that would be lower than where it is right now. So uh, that would make sense. Now, of course, the thing that could change that uh, would be some geopolitical events around the globe that could create some uneasiness and unrest where we'd see a little bit of a flight to gold from a safety perspective. But it's very interesting to note that one of the things that we have seen is a bit of a flight to safety being mostly U.S. Treasuries. So whenever there has been a little bit of a a notion to get safe, uh, it has been to Treasuries more so, the inflows have been more so into Treasuries than they have been into gold. So uh, I don't know if this is a sea change that we're going to continue to see as far as gold goes. We'll have to wait and see. But nonetheless, uh, that is one thing that we're looking to see uh, gold get a little bit stronger compared to where it's been in the last couple of weeks. One of the developments that has come out over the weekend is that sanctions and uh, uh, production cuts that Russia has declared, uh, meaning they've declared production cuts, they are the, the, um, the non-OPEC nation that is going along with uh, the production cuts because they desperately need prices up. But they also are seeing uh, uh, sanctions. And apparently it's out that... Um, the, the one that's really suffering from the sanctions is ExxonMobil. And we have seen ExxonMobil suffering. And ExxonMobil is suffering from the sanctions more so than the Russian government is. So, um, and more so than any of the other Western energy companies. Now, I don't know that that's because Russia is... Uh, taking some of these sanctions out more on ExxonMobil. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think the case is that Russia has some huge positions and is very, very large, uh, ExxonMobil is, in Russia. So it's probably a function more of a volume 
uh, attempting to get out of Russia more so than it is uh, anything else. But nonetheless, uh, sanctions don't seem to be slowing the Russian oil market whatsoever. I talked about this last hour, Tyson Food down uh, dramatically. They were down 2% before the market even opened today. And, and, and I pointed out, and I'm not saying this is the reason, but I did point out that ever since they hit my sell list and they came off my list as being a biblically responsible company, this is a company that was one of my uh, longstanding favorite companies for doing what is right and to be biblically responsible. And, and what I mean by that is staying out of the culture war, just saying, look, you know, we, we, uh, we're, we're food producers and that's what we do. And we're not getting involved in the culture war on either side. Um, they were started by a very solid Christian family, but they've wavered off of that. They have uh, dropped off my list for being biblically responsible. And ever since then, they've been taking it on the chin as has uh, ExxonMobil, too, by the way, uh, speaking of ExxonMobil. But anyway, uh, that's what's happening. A couple of numbers that are coming out this week that are important. Consumer price index is coming out, so we'll see what is happening here in America in reference to inflation, if there is anything happening at all. So we're going to see that. Excuse me, had a sneeze there. We will uh, see what that uh, what that does. That's coming out on Friday, by the way. Uh, weekly jobless claims, producer price index is coming out as long as well as consumer price the the uh, uh, coming out. The number that I'm watching closely, of course, NFIB. That's going to be out tomorrow morning. So that comes out uh, early tomorrow morning. We'd get a look at that for April, see where that is. Right now, it's standing at 104.7. It is not likely to go down from there, uh, likely to go up. If it doesn't go up from there, you can almost count on it going up next month, just as a result of the House of Representatives pushing through a piece of legislation on repeal and replace. Now, still got to get through the Senate. There could be a lot of political uh, wrangling going on between now and the end of this month. But if that continues to begin to look as though it could get through the Senate after some compromises, those compromises are not likely to be compromises that are going to impact small businesses on a, in a negative way at all. So... Uh, that's going to be good for uh, small business confidence. Now, so the April number that we're getting out tomorrow morning not might not reflect that because, remember, that's just happened. But nonetheless, uh, we'll see where that is. That's a very important number as we think of small business employment. Let's take a look at commodities real quick as we go through some of the commodities. And by the way, oil right now is in positive territory. It's up three quarters of a percent. It's at 46.56. It's just nice to be over 45, but we're at 46.56 right now as oil seems to be taking a little bit of a breather. So that's good news. Brent crude oil up about the same. Um, Nat gas is down two and a half percent. Very interesting. I was looking at some Nat gas stocks this morning, and I got to tell you, uh, there just doesn't seem to be any end in sight of uh, the the um, I don't know stagnation. I'll say of uh, natural gas companies. But uh, that's the only negative energy commodity 
right now. Gold is up, not up much. It's not even a quarter of a percent, but it is up. It's at 1230 right now, 1230, as silver is sitting at 16. So um, that's where we are. Silver up as well. Copper is down almost 2%. Copper has been taking it on the chin last week. Looks like we're starting off this week in the same way. All the industrial metals are in negative territory. And all of, not all, but the vast majority of soft commodities, the agricultural commodities, are in negative territory being led by wheat. Wheat is down 1.2%. Right now, corn's down about three-quarters of 1%. So the ag commodities, the soft commodities, in negative territory uh, for the most part, uh, all of them in negative territory. So commodities uh, still struggling a little bit. Gold is on the rise, and so is crude oil. So that's some good news. Let me just take a quick look here uh, on the agricultural side because uh, at all the grains— yeah, uh, beans, soybean down about three quarters of one percent. So um, that that's uh, along the same lines. The only thing that's up are some of the very soft commodities. Coffee is up, sugar is up. Anyway, we're going to get to phones after this. Eight six six three hundred ninety two ninety eight. You're listening to Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. We'll be back after this. In the book of Isaiah, the word tells us the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. In the same way, without careful planning, your financial goals could blow away like the seeds of a dandelion. It's never too early or too late to consider how a charitable gift annuity can help you meet the financial goals you've set for your loved ones, your causes, and yourself. Give AFA Foundation a call at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit our website, afafoundation.net. Let us explain how a charitable gift annuity can help you achieve your goals. As we read in Proverbs, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Our phone number again is 800-326-4543, extension 345, and our website is afafoundation.net. Life, Love, and Family, featuring the American Association of Christian Counselors President, Dr. Tim Clinton. Each weekday evening, you'll hear Dr. Clinton and his expert guests address important and sometimes difficult issues of our day that impact your life, your love, and your family, using the scriptures as their text. Access to archive programs is available at lifeloveandfamily.net. Life, Love, and Family, 11 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. Hi, this is Dan Celia at Financial Issues. Would you consider partnering with me? You know, for $85 a year, you're going to get some great information on stock picks, alert system that will alert you to buys and sells. What a great way to look at a portfolio from a biblical perspective for a small amount of money each month. Not only that, it goes to support the ministry here at Financial Issues, financialissues.org. 
The opening statement in the Constitution of the United States says this, that we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty. I don't know what part of that we don't get anymore. That was written by men who cared about this country deeply. Financial Issues with Dan Celia. Welcome back. Financial Issues, it's great to be here. We're going to go to phones, 866-300-9298. By the way, if you've got a question and you want to put it up on YouTube, you can do that. Uh, 866-300-9298. uh, Marie has asked me on YouTube, I'm 66, my husband is 60. Can I claim his retirement or only mine until you're 67? They did away with that law uh, rule, uh, Marie, so no, uh, you can't do that. I mean, certainly, I don't know if it got um, what happened with it. Uh, or what might happen with it under the new tax code, uh, or if it was just allowed, uh, if it expired. But, you, I mean, you can check with your Social Security Administration in your area and ask that question. But um, one of the things that the Obama administration wanted to do was get rid of that. And um, so you are no longer able to do that as far as I know. But I wouldn't go by what I say I would call the Social Security Administration uh, and see what they uh, say about that. So uh, check check with them. Uh, Walter has asked me um, in reference to my asset allocation model, my retirement asset a- allocation model, do I consider my financial REITs and preferred stocks as a cash equivalent? No, I do not. What I have done, though, Walter, you'll notice that I actually, uh, on my broad list and now on my buy list, there are some things that I've put under cash. Now, it's been about 11 years since I have had some things that I, and, and from 11 years ago and beyond that, for the 20 years beyond that, I always had cash equivalents. So did most Uh, financial people, there were certain things, and some still do. I got away from it when when it happened that the cash equivalents weren't cash equivalent at all, and that they stood to lose money under some very risky situation, or I'm sorry, under some very volatile situations in in the markets. So I got away from it. And and I got to this place about 11 years ago, where I said, look, Money market CDs, that's it. That's it for cash. There is no other cash equivalent because everything stands a risk of going down. And we saw that happen, you know, uh, through 2008-9. So I just now added some things in that cash category. But I, when I sent out my alert to my partners about that, you'll remember I said something. I think I say something on my website too, my commentary section on my buy list. I say, look, they are not a hundred percent safe from a cash equivalent standpoint. Now, 
I am, so they still stand a risk that they could go down during some unusual situations. But they're fairly benign as far as volatility goes on the downside and even volatility on the upside. They're, they're going to be fairly steady, but they still have risk to them. So I really don't, but I, so I added those. Now, I'm not, I, I shouldn't give a date, but I am hoping by the end of June, I will have a great opportunity for a real solid cash equivalent that you guys are going to really appreciate you guys being you guys that are retired. So it's going to be on my website. Um, it's going to have nothing to do with me. It's going to have nothing to do with I'm getting uh, the ministry is getting nothing um, out of that. The only thing that we are getting out of it is permission uh, after I am finished one piece of vetting that I have left to do, which I cannot finish until uh, the beginning of June or the beginning of July. I'm not sure which. And once that is done, we're, we are going to uh, talk through that, introduce you to it, and um, make make that so that you can do that on our website, you're not doing it through financial issues, but our, you can click on our website and it'll take you to how you got to, what you can do with that. And it's going to give you some great, great options. So I'm excited about it. I'm not overly excited about it because any, you know, this part of the vetting process, this has been going on for three years, by the way, this part of the vetting process is the most difficult part for me to wrap my arms around to make sure that it's something I feel very good about you guys uh, offering it uh, to you guys or telling you about it and giving you a way in which you can uh, get to it. So you might want to hang in there until, until the end of June, see what, see what comes about. All right, let me go to Kim. Kim's calling us from Alabama. Hi, Kim. Hello. Yes. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Uh, Dan, I wanted to call. I've been listening to you for a while. My husband passed away two months ago, and after receiving our life in, life insurance payout, I wanted to ask you. I have a house that I owe about 119 on, and we have three vehicles that I need to, I guess, pay off. Once I pay the house and the vehicles off, I have a little more debt that I'll probably pay off. I wanted to ask you what your recommendation would be to do with the money that I have left over once um, once the debts are paid. I would um, recommend that if you do that within the next couple of months, Kim, that you do nothing with the money that you have left. And what I mean by that is, I would like you to sit on it in a savings account. Don't leave it with the insurance company, by the way. Take it out. Put it in a money market. I would be okay even with you putting that money in a one-year CD. But I wouldn't invest it in any way, shape, or form. 
Um, I think there may be some, if you feel as though, Kim, how old are you? Retired or are you working? No, sir. I'm 48 years old. I, um, I work for a Southern Company, uh, one okay. of the branches. And then we have three children, uh, one graduating high school this year. I have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. And I also have a 401K um, that I rolled the, the what my husband had into mine. Um, it's fairly, actually, it's very aggressive um, that I probably need to diversify. I just haven't done that. Um, it actually hadn't been on my radar until this this time. How about emergency savings? Um, um, I don't, I don't have that, and I was, I need to do that. Yeah, so that would be a big part for me, especially with young children. Uh, in a home because, you know, your, your uh, furnace could blow up. Well, maybe you don't care much about furnace down there. I don't know how cold it gets, but that's something I always think of. But, um, or, you know, a transmission could go in the car or things like that. And what I don't want you to, I I want you to be in a position, you don't have to get in debt, you know, use a credit card to fix those things or to do some piece of maintenance. So, I would really suggest, I, I, I like the idea of paying the mortgage up because that's going to free up, obviously, a lot of cash flow for you that maybe you can begin saving some of that as well. But I would want you, Kim, really to just set aside that money in a, in a money market account or a CD or something like that for at least a, you know a year, six months to a year. I would just like to feel as though or or suggest to you that all of the dust would settle. Again, I'm okay paying the the mortgage off, but that just, uh, you know, just the emotional ebbs and flows and the ups and downs and all those things to just kind of settle in and just put it into... It's something that is not going to be volatile. You're not going to earn much, unfortunately. I don't have to tell you that. You, you, you know that uh, industry a little bit, and you know you're not going to earn a lot of money and things like that. But I, I would rather you just protect the balance of it, and uh, for now, and then maybe let's let's talk again about it uh, at another time, and um, you know down the road a year from now, and and see see what might be a good idea. Okay, I can. I do. I will do that. Um, one other question: uh, which we set up a mo- memorial fund to try not to get flowers because I don't have a green thumb after my husband's passing. We have about sixteen thousand dollars in that, and I basically wanted to put that away for the children. Of course, one's graduating this year, but I have a twelve-year-old and a ten-year-old, and I want to know right now. It's just in a savings account. What would you recommend for that for the twelve and ten-year-old? I would probably put it over into, um, you know, an account in your, in your name, if you can, you know, just, just your name. Um, and you know, obviously that's, uh, for their benefit. And I would put it into a a mutual fund like Timothy, where you can put it into maybe their strategic growth fund. Um, it's a diversified portfolio. It's not overly aggressive. Uh, but 
It's uh, not overly conservative either. So you're going to see some growth. But I, I, I think that would be a great idea uh, to move it over into that. You know, it's going to be biblically responsible. You're going to honor God with that. And uh, that's, that's what I would do. I think that would be a good thing to do. And obviously, um, maybe when you get the mortgage paid and you free up some cash flow, if you can make a contribution to it on, on occasion, that would be, that would be great. Okay, very good. All right, Dan, thank you so much for all your help. I sure appreciate it. We'll probably talk again in six months. Okay, good. Thank you, Kim. Uh, all the best to you. Thank you. Um, 866-392-98. We're going to get back to phones right after this. You're listening to Financial Issues, folks. Uh, if you're not a partner with a ministry and you want to support the ministry, keep us on the air. Keep us uh, growing as God continues to raise up opportunities. Uh, Maybe you want to make a contribution or maybe you want to partner. We sure would appreciate it. Go to Um, financialissues.org. That would be a blessing to us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dan Celia for Financial Issues. You know, we live in some volatile times, and one of the things that we should be concerned about is are the investments that I'm in honoring the Lord? Well, I try to do the best I can to make sure that the stocks and mutual funds on my list are the best out there, not only from a financial and fundamental standpoint, but that they wouldn't be displeasing to God. Would you consider being a partner with me at Financial Issues. For $85 a year, you're not only going to get my stock picks that I update every week, every Monday, and my economic commentary every Monday, along with an alert system and my asset allocation models that change as the economy changes so that you can do a great job reviewing and maybe actively managing your portfolios. Financialissues.org to partner with me in the ministry. This is Barry McGuire. I'm a car guy, and I love to lead people to Jesus Christ as a layman outside the walls of the church. With so many approaches and formulas for sharing your faith, taking that first step can be a real challenge. The fear of starting God-centered conversations with friends and strangers can be overwhelming. With maturity, there may be times when you feel God's nudge to be bold in your witness. It happens with some of us more than others, but only as the Holy Spirit leads. Going it on your own doesn't work. For starters and for always, your primary goal is for those around you to see God through you and want Him for themselves. Being good attracts people to you, but attaching your goodness to God with a simple mention of His name attracts people to God. Sharing your faith is about attraction, not promotion. Your job is to ignite revival outside the walls of your church by moving everybody you're with today closer to Jesus. If you want to know how easy that is, go to ROTW.com. Putting life in perspective with Harry Reader. It's interesting. The Bible says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication make your requests known unto God. Now, certainly, it's valid to have concerns in life. But what about worry? Actually, doesn't worry reveal much more about what is going on inside of us than what is going on around us? When that Savior is at work inside of us, there is peace that passes all understanding, no matter what is going on outside of us. For additional Christian resources from Harry Reader, download the Briarwood PCA app, available at the App Store, Google Play, Amazon, and the Windows Store. 
In Perspective with Harry Reader, an outreach of Briarwood Presbyterian Church, Birmingham, Alabama. Visit us online at briarwood.org. You know, I don't know how much uh, attention you've paid to this whole healthcare debate that's been going on a whole weekend, whole week last week, and it's going to continue all this week as well. You know, I, I got to tell you, um, it is so nice. My 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 wife Yvonne had some some issues last week. She went to the doctor on Tuesday. The doctor said, "Listen, you got to get an MRI." The MRI, the doctor then said after the MRI, you got to go to a neurologist. She went to a neurologist and all that stuff. She did all this thing. And, you know, no referrals. Just, um, you know, went to the phone app. This is the first time we've used the phone app at Samaritan Ministries. She used the phone app. As a matter of fact, um, we went, we, I, don't, I don't know, we, we went somewhere and... Um, she sat in the truck. She went to the app. She filed a, um, I don't know, opened a case. And then she got the bills. She photographed them, sent it to Samaritan's ministry. It's all over. She got to choose a neurologist she wanted to go to. She got to choose when the MRI, she walked directly from the doctor's office to the MRI across the hall because she didn't need a referral. Um, she could just walk over there and get the MRI. It, when I listen to all this debate and I think of all these things, we not only get to choose what's covered, we get to choose how we pay for it, when we pay for it, you know, what we, who the doctor is. The doctor, our doctor, our family doctor is free to say, oh, you know what, you should do this, you should do that. This is, you know, if you were, this is what I would want you to do. Uh, this is what you need. She's not thinking, or our family doctor is not thinking about, well, wait a minute. Now, what's the insurance going to pay for? She knows Samaritan uh, Ministries now. She she was new to it uh, uh, before we got it. And uh, she knows the deal. She knows how it works. It's incredible. And I just, I listened to all this debate. I hope all of you have looked into it. It's incredible. This weekend, we got to pray for three little children that are going through some monumental uh, um, health care needs that they have, two premature uh, babies and, and another uh, young child that we prayed for and um, that we got to share, obviously, in their, their medical expenses. That was part of our share was for one of them. The other two we gave over and above. But... It is incredible. It's an incredible ministry. And I thought, you know, this is how it should work across the nation for everybody. Everybody should be able to do this. But I'll tell you this, this notion of getting back to the book of Acts and Christians paying for Christians, it's incredible. And man, it is just, you know, it's so nice for me to be able to share it with you. And, and now in our third year of this, having some firsthand experience, it is an incredible thing. And the thing I like now, and we're going to consider it here for the ministry, but they're, they're now uh, really 
allowing small business operators to use Samaritan Ministries. And so in order for them to do that, they've had to make some exceptions in in uh, some pre-existing conditions and bringing, you know, you're not going to get a business and have a totally healthy pool of employees. That's almost impossible. So uh, they're really working on trying to accept, accept that, too. So it is incredible. SamaritanMinistries.org. SamaritanMinistries.org. Uh, you really need to check it out. Let me go to Bill in Mississippi. Hey, Bill. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. I'm, I am 75, retired, recently good health. I have a state retirement because I worked with the state for 30 years. I have Social Security. Okay. <clears throat> I have an extra $25,000 that's in a annuity, which I'm not real crazy about. It's a Ameriprise. And apparently it is a variable annuity. Mm-hmm. And what I would like to do is put this into something else that would produce a little income. I just wonder what okay. you would recommend. How, how long have you had it, Bill? Uh, about four years. So in other words, I can get it, without, out, get it out without any penalties. Okay, good. Yeah, so I, I would like to see you uh, put it into just... Um, you know, there's a, two things you could do. You could put it over into a, a Timothy fixed income fund. So, in other words, that would be totally liquid to you. You could get in and get out and do whatever you want with it. But it produces some income. It would produce, produce some income for you every month. and Or, I'm sorry, every year. I don't know when they pay. I don't even know. You'd have to ask them. I, I don't. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, everybody pays out different times, but you, you, it would generate some income for you and hopefully get some growth too. That would be one option. The other option would be to take it and maybe put 5,000, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 10,000 into two different utility companies. Uh, and maybe the, uh, and then, and then, um, 10,000 into, uh, a couple of two different preferred stocks, and then a little bit into something that can get a little growth, but a little income with it. That would be an ideal situation too, because that's going to get you about you know four and a half percent, you know, in income. There's also, I hate to give you too much because I, I don't want you to get overwhelmed here, but. The other issue is you might want to wait until this, you might have heard me talk to somebody else about it, till uh, I see how this opportunity is coming in another, uh, by the end of June, I hope. If it's not the end of June, it's going to be the first part of July, to where you have an opportunity to put it somewhere that's going to be safe and maybe get uh, very secure, as secure as anything, and get maybe three, three and a half, four percent on it. Uh, every year, and that would be a good source of income. So, um, I I would maybe maybe you have uh, I don't know if you partner with the ministry, but there's some things on my website that can help you, or you can go to a you know a broker like a, uh, a fidelity.com, open an account, just a regular old investment account. And then you would send the money over there to them, Bill, 
and it goes into a money market account. And then you could talk to somebody there and say, you know, I'd like to have a couple of utility stocks, maybe uh, an individual, if there's any, if you have any state of Mississippi municipal bonds. So, cause that, that would be tax free, both state tax and federal tax on you, the growth in that, maybe a little bit of that. Uh, or uh, and some preferred stocks, and they can help you with that. So that might be uh, an, another great option. But I think you're right in what you're thinking. I think it would be a good idea to, to start thinking about moving that. Yes. Thank you, Dan, for your time. You're welcome, Bill. I appreciate your call. Let me go to Chad in uh, Louisiana. Hey, Chad. Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I just opened up an account. I uh, went to a brokerage and opened up an account. And uh-huh. my question is, on if if I put in four thousand dollars, it would it would be a cheaper commission than uh-huh. if I put two thousand dollars in two separate stocks. Do you think I should diversify and put it in two separate stocks, or just buy one stock and save a little bit of commission on it? Well, if you opened at a brokerage account, like a like a um, TD Ameritrade or Scott Trade or Fidelity or one of those, then the commission that you're saving is really insignificant. It's like four ninety five or eight ninety five or something like that. And um, so, for that situation, I'd rather see you in two different stocks. Okay. And I would rather but- see you make sure that the two different stocks are in two different sectors. You know, two different, they're doing different things uh, in the economy. I was looking at, at Boeing and Cisco. Would that be two different things? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, Cisco is a, um, you know, a tech stock, uh, Boeing, an industrial uh, stock. So, yeah, that would be two different things. Um you know, it's both two good, good, solid companies. They're not biblically responsible. Either one of them aren't. But, but uh, from a financial perspective, they're they're good companies, and and uh, and they are in you know would be considered two different uh, sectors. Okay. Uh, my my second question is: um, everything's up right now. Uh huh. When, when should I when should I wait to buy it? How far down does it need to go, or do I need to wait till the end of the summer, or when would be a good time to buy? Because I, I don't, put the money I, in the account. Okay. Yeah, so it may it may never it may not come down for three or four years. I mean, you take the chance of waiting. I don't know. I don't know if it if or if it'll come down at all, or when it'll come down. Obviously, if there's a broad like. Uh, recession kind of thing in the market, then they're going to come down. Now that may or may not happen in the next three or four years, and it could happen next month. So certainly you can put it in the money market account there and sit on it and and watch it, um, you know, and and see if it starts if it starts coming down. Um, right now, based on where we are. Those stocks look like, both of those two companies, look like they have a lot of forward momentum. So I only see them um, 
you know, probably growing as long as the economy is stable. So if you're going to wait, you have to hope for some instability so that maybe they might drop a little bit. We'll be right back. Physicians keep learning after medical school in order to better save lives. Shouldn't Christian leaders keep learning to better save souls? Hi, I'm Dr. John Nyhoff, president of Wesley Biblical Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi, and online around the world. Are you a Christian leader who thinks it's important to keep learning? WBS online weekend and evening classes allow graduate students to become better equipped to make disciples in a constantly changing world. For more information, visit wbs.edu. There's a lot happening around us. That's why Christians need to stand strong on family values and morality. Hi, I'm Ray Rooney, editor of The Stand, a blog from the American Family Association. The Stand has timely, carefully written articles on relevant cultural issues that you can quickly forward to others. The Stand is a beacon of light to a society in need of direction. Visit afa.net slash the stand. Dan Celia of Financial Issues. You know, there's probably never been a more important time in our economy to be thinking about a charitable gift annuity. I hope you'll do that just to shore up, to firm up some more income, permanent income, income that you can count on for the rest of your life while you're doing the Lord's work. A charitable gift annuity has been something I've been talking about for 25 years. Finally, we're seeing even mainstream start to get on board with the merits of charitable gift annuities. I hope you'll consider it. You can call the AFA Foundation. Someone there will help you work through the details and find out whether you qualify for a charitable gift annuity. Call and speak with a representative of the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. Welcome back. Financial Issues, 866-392-9898, So, um, I'm trying, I'm still trying to find the, um, Insurance company. Biblically responsible insurance company. I don't know why I can't get this to come up. It must be, must be something wrong with the website. Um, let's see. Oh, here you go. So I'm seeing all CNA. CNA is one. Tower Group International is one. Um, Eastern Insurance is another. Uh, let's see here. American National Insurance Company. Allegheny. Allegheny is a good company. Uh, didn't didn't know they were um, biblically responsible. How about that? So uh, there are there's a couple. There's a whole list here, but a lot of them are individual, uh, you know, like specialty kinds of insurance. Amerisafe, Amerisafe is, is one. Um, ARC, 
Mm. Yeah. So I don't know if, I don't know if that's a help or not. Let me just, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a long list here. There's number one, uh, national, national, uh, interstate is one first acceptance corp. That's a good company. Uh, HCC. So there's, there's some, there's some companies. Erie insurance, a very good insurance company. Matter of fact, I think, uh, my son-in-law has Erie, but, uh, Erie's a good insurance company. They are biblically responsible. So car and auto, uh, insurance company, that would be my top pick so far that I've seen Erie. Uh, so you might want to look for that one. All right, let me go to Roger. Roger's calling us from Washington. Hey, Roger. Hi, Dan. Thank you for taking my call, and thank you for your ministry, and especially how you're concerned about other ministries besides yours. Uh, my, my question is on uh, income stocks. You, you talk about preferred stocks a lot and, and how they retain their value regardless of the underlying value of the stock itself, and you don't sell them till, uh they call them. Right. And, but, but you also recommend utility stocks a lot, and, uh, but you don't explain very much about them. Like, um, do you hold those uh, forever, or do you watch that they're mm-hmm. still paying the same dividend, or does their dividend even change at all? Yeah, good good question, uh, Roger. Thank you for asking that. Um, so, no, utilities, as a matter of fact, last year, we had some utilities on the sell list because they just went up so much. Um, and uh, they just went through the roof. It was very unexpected. I had, I, I said, I, I remember very distinctly, January 2016, I said, this is going to be a great year for utilities. I had no idea. I was not, I said, I seemed really smart by the end of the year, but I really had no idea that it was going to be the kind of year it was. It was off the charts for utility companies. You know, I was expecting an above average growth. So seven, 8%. I mean, there were some companies that were growing 25%. It was crazy. So it was a very good year. So no, I, so utilities are in the income can change and and will change on occasion. They are designed not to change. So they don't look, they're not like a, uh, you know, a, a large company that is likely as the company stock is appreciating a great deal, they may cut out their, um, dividend altogether, their annual yield as their stock is going up so much. And that is, you know, that's a real possibility. Utilities don't usually do that. So utilities usually hold their income level. So it is a kind of company that you likely want to buy and hold and, and keep through the good times. The, the upside to a utility unlike a preferred is that there is a uh, much greater possibility, not greater possibility, there is the possibility that there isn't in preferreds in the sense that you could buy a utility stock at $32 a share and it's it could go up to $40 a share. And that will be at the actual value and you could elect to choose sell it 
and take or take some of that profit off while you're still getting the dividend because that's you know preferred that doesn't happen if a preferred goes to $28 a share you're you're keeping it until it's called so you're only going to get $25 when it's called so you don't get that same kind of advantage so that's the but but also you could pay $32 a share for utility and it could be go down to $28 a share. So that's a possibility too. But the trading range among good utilities is tight. It's a tight range. It's not, you know, you're not going to buy a utility for 32 and it's going to go down to $9 a share. And you're not going to buy it at 32 and it's going to go up to $65 a share. That's not going to happen. You know, they're not that volatile. They're going to stay within a tight range. So, and, and again, you're buying them for income. So if it's paying 4%, it's probably going to stay at that that range uh it's not gonna it's not gonna fluctuate much so um i i don't know i hope that's answered your question roger did it does that give you any help the idea is to keep a little better eye on utilities than what you would on preferreds correct correct okay you preferred preferreds you don't keep any eye on utilities you want to watch a little bit yep okay that that answers my question pretty well yeah, all right thank you very much you're welcome Thanks, Roger. Uh, let me go to uh, Michael in Mississippi. Hey, Michael. Man, how you doing? My name is Michael. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, long time listener of your program, first time caller. Well, I'm glad you called. Thanks. Uh, my question is, my bir- I had a birthday uh, just last month that turned 40 years old. My plan is, I want to, I want to try to make, I, I want to try to invest. I'm going to. I have an appointment with Edward Jones. Edward, Edward Jones, and I just want to talk with someone about financial planning. But my biggest thing is, I want to make. I want to put my money somewhere where I can make the most money I can in the next ten years. So my plan is retirement. My plan is retirement in the next ten years. It really wouldn't be retirement, but I think it just gives me a, another smaller job. But I want to. When I get in there to talk to them, I want to talk to them about making the most money I can in the next 10 years. And I'll just want to talk to you about where I should put my money at. Okay. So, and now is this, this something that you're going to contribute as much as you can to it on a regular basis? Yes. yes. Okay. 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 So, I mean, I'm going to tell you, they're not going to tell you this, but I would, I would tell you, So let me just tell you one principle, Michael, of investing. So the more risk you take, the more aggressive you are, the greater opportunity you have to make the most money you can make. But, but also the bigger risk you have, because on the downside, if the market were to crash, you're going to lose a lot more in those very risky stocks than you would in something that's not so risky. So you have to understand that if you really want to try to maximize your gain, the money you can make in 10 years, then you've got to be fairly aggressive, but you need to understand that it could all turn south in a big way And you've got to be kind of prepared for that. Now, I believe that in 10, 12 years, 
fairly aggressive, be it fairly aggressive now in 10 or 12 years, I think you're probably going to be okay, you know, and you, you should do okay. So I would suggest that you do it primarily through some good, solid uh, individual stocks. And I would look at some individual stocks in the technology side, in the industrials, and in the material side, those three sectors. That's what I would be looking at. And so if, if I were looking in the industrial side, I'd be looking at like defense companies that are, you know, got, uh, that are, that are um, helping us with national defense. I'd be looking at those kinds of companies and, and uh, technology. I'd be looking at cyber uh, companies that are going to be good in cyber protection, cyber warfare, and those kinds of things, and uh, security. And in the material side, I'd be looking at maybe a little bit of commodities, but maybe some co- a little bit of coal and some oil and those kinds of things. So, I mean, I think your best bet is to do it in those three areas. Now, they're not going to be big on that. They're going to want to push you into uh, annuities, uh, and uh, commercial insurance annuities and some mutual funds, not not um, not individual stocks. They can do most of the time. They can do individual stocks. They just can't make as much money off it, so they they steer away from. So that's what I would suggest to you, Michael. That that you really try to. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be a trader. You don't want to you don't want to buy and sell and buy and sell. You don't want to do that. You just want to be able to develop a good, solid portfolio with maybe 15 really good stocks and then forget about it for 10 years other than contribute to it as often as you possibly can. So that would that would probably be my suggestion um, moving forward. But so that's what I would try to talk to them about and see what they say to you. Thanks for that, Michael. I appreciate it. I got to run. Folks, sure appreciate all of you being with us uh, today. We're here every day. We're trying to help you be the best steward you can be. Have a great day. God bless. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under.